Welcome to Season 5 of the Shock Your Potential Podcast with your host, best-selling author and international speaker, Michael Sherlock. The Shock Your Potential Podcast is dedicated to entrepreneurs looking to up their game, increase their income, and scale their businesses to new heights. Shock Your Potential is a professional services company providing affordable services to small businesses, matching entrepreneurs with virtual assistants, and offering specialized leadership and sales training to companies around the world. Learn more today at shockyourpotential.com and listen in now to another motivating episode that will help you to shock your potential. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I'm your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long, we are talking to some amazing people that have a tech background. Now, our guest today has an very impressive tech background, but we're also going to talk about how he's taken all those experiences in the tech world and turned them into a way to help you grow your business. Now, here's what he says. He reminds us that freedom is the dream of every entrepreneur. I totally agree with that, although sometimes we create some other non-freedoms by our, our dreams of being entrepreneurs. But he also says that developing leaders and teams with an ownership mindset is the ticket to achieve that freedom that we're all seeking. So my guest is Jeff Cohen. He's founder of six businesses and now presents Count Onable as the new and rapid success framework that guides CEOs to make this happen. Oh, yes. He's a seasoned executive with over 20 years as CEO, and he's worked with over 300 other CEOs, business owners, and executives. Now, he does this through coaching, speaking, mentoring, but he's also very uh, willing to talk about failures. You know, we like to talk about that from time to time, to talk about the realistic approach of building yourself, building your business while making some mistakes along the way. So joining me today is Jeff. Thank you for being with us today. Oh my gosh, Michael, what a wonderful introduction. And I will highlight failure is the key to success. Yeah. It's very rare that you don't have a success after you failed at something. So um, and, that. Right? and the idea of freedom, I mean, I talk to so many um, CEOs and business owners and entrepreneurs that feel like they're, they're shackled to their company, like there's no way out. Yeah. And I'm telling you, it's, it really takes something to move from that point of, um, I'm going to say survival mode. Yeah. Where you can actually have something in your life that you're proud of and has you have the freedom you were aiming for in the first place. And makes you excited about getting out of bed every morning. Oh my gosh, no question. So thank you for having me today. It's great to be here. Absolutely. Well, I hit the highlights of your bio, but tell us a little bit more about you, your business, and how what you do really helps entrepreneurs, business owners, and CEOs to shock their potential. So I'll just start by this. So I've been in tech my whole life. I mean, I sold software for big companies like IBM and ADP and others, and I've, um, you know, when I moved into starting my own company, I found that it was a really, really interesting niche at the time. What we did was we actually um, created uh, the processes and procedures for Fortune 500 and Global 2000 companies to write software and to do it with an agile software development methodology. Mm -hmm. And what I found in doing that was it was an all new world back in the early 2000s for people to actually think, wait, I can write 
I don't have to accumulate all of the requirements and then go write code. I can get some of them, start writing code and seeing how it works. It was mind blowing. And my partner at the time had written a book. And, you know, one of the funniest stories about that was we got a call one day from an executive at Wells Fargo that found the book on an airplane, read the book while he was on his flight, picked up the, uh, the, the phone to track his email, my partner's email down, and we were servicing Wells Fargo within a month. I mean, it was just amazing. And we had 100 companies like that in our portfolio of business. Um, but what was really amazing about it is it's really the early stages of how I noticed that when you take small bites, that old uh, story, how to eat an elephant, when yeah. you take small bites um, and adjust how you move along the way, it improves performance, builds camaraderie and teamwork, and enables you to accomplish something typically on time, in budget, and with all of the features people want. And as I started going past all of the experiences I'd had in growing my fast-growing software company and watching it explode in 2007 with the economy. I mean, literally, we had every single client call us up and say, Jeff, we love you. You guys are amazing. You're fired. Oh. And, <laughs> and like... That was just an experience. We had 50 people. We grew that in two years. And, you know, after running it for a bunch more to get that was just awful. Oh. And, you know, a lot of people, Michael, don't get that. I was in survival mode at the time, wondering, mm -hmm. am I payroll this week? How do I downsize the company? Is there any chance we can get a new customer? Like, all of that. And, you know, I became very depressed. Mm -hmm. I sat in front of Star Wars for eight hours a day and Star Trek and anything that was out of this world to escape mm. for months. Yeah. And I pushed my family away. Um, eventually I got divorced and my kids wouldn't talk to me. Oh. It really sucked. Yeah. And want to make sure like people get like this is what it's like being an entrepreneur yeah. right and also not actually being able to hear other people now today we have a whole different view on mental health and i can certainly spend time on it but i know your listeners want to hear well okay if you did have failures like that then how'd you turn it around mm -hmm, absolutely and the only thing that i was doing at that time that was um fun the only thing was I was making these granola bars and my kids liked them. Oh, my ex-wife liked them. And then my sister said, Hey, these are great. And then one day a friend of mine came over, his name was Jeff too. And he said, Hey, can I bring some of these into work? I said, okay. And he calls me up the next day and he says, Hey, you need to come down here. I said, why? Because well, they want to buy them. I'm like, he goes, come down anyway. So I went down to the um, Warner Brothers lot where he worked. And suddenly I had 20 TV shows and movies that were buying energy bars for me. And I had to find a commercial kitchen. And we started growing a rapidly 
growing granola bar business. Now I came out of technology. How the heck did I get into food, right? By the way, I learned to hate the food business. My sister got us into Whole Foods. She got me on Shark Tank. Like a lot of fun along the way in a business. I just learned, boy, this is really, really hard work. People I know in that business, like Alex Baer from Genius uh, Juice makes this great coconut smoothie, have killed it. But it is the hardest job and the margins, unless you really, really know how to manage it, well, the margins may not be what you need them to. So I went to work at IBM and I realized what a great thing this was. Like I got this warm blue hug. I got to be working with my former clients like Kaiser and Intel and Cisco. Uh, I got to, um, you know, have a paycheck again and not scraping to say, hey, do we have coupons to buy food this week? Mm-hmm. Like it was tough. And during that period, I met my now current wife and we, um, I took this program called the Team Management Leadership Program. And it was in that program that I did a self-assessment, like the very, the first three months of the two years. And I looked and I saw something that I really did not like. Mm. I was a crappy boss. When things were great, I was cocky. I didn't treat people the way I wanted to be treated. Um, There were so many things that I did wrong. But people wanted to be on the team because like we were high performing, fast growing, cutting edge, like that's what we wanted to be, right? And I'm just today, just sorry, like I can't apologize enough to all those people that I left less than whole. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I helped many of them get better paying jobs than the one they had with me. Yeah. And, you know, when it came time to move on, I was the the one that shut the company down and everyone else was doing something else. So having that granola bar company really is the granola bar that saved my life. Oh, wow. And it was in that program that I got 300 CEOs and um, entrepreneurs and business owners together. Because after I realized I was a lousy boss, I started wondering who else might, might be. Mm-hmm. People really stood up and they said, well, I really often wonder. And then we started looking at, well, why is that? And we found the number one issue that businesses have. The number one thing that happens in a company that does that keeps them from being their best friend and creates failure. Mm-hmm. I guess you want to know, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, you got me at the edge of my seat. <laughs> it's effective communication. Mm-hmm. What I found is that everybody has a different definition of that. Yeah, exactly. So true. And what that leads to are trust issues. And oh, by the way, everybody has a different definition of trust. Right. And at the base of it, the root of the issue is that teams are not aligned and teamwork is not um, effectively created. Mm -hmm. I didn't say managed, I said created. Because the one thing to note 
is people hate being managed. Yes, true. Right? The best way to have a salesperson move on is just start managing them. <laughs> so true. Why are you asking what I do? Just deal with the results. <laughs> well, exactly, because we all consider that micromanagement. We hate it. Who wants to be micromanaged? My wife tells me, Jeff, when you wash the dishes, use a counterclockwise motion. I'm like, really? Are they clean? You care about that? I do refold the deck. Whenever my husband folds towels, dish towels, washcloths, bath towels, hand towels, I come along and I refold them. And then he caught me a couple of weeks ago. He's like, why are you doing this? I said, because I've tried to teach you so many times how I like to have them because of the way they look in the closet and you don't do it. So I stopped telling you and I just refold them. <laughs> you will love my wife. She takes towels and folds them in thirds. Like I do halves and quarters. No, she, she's got like exactly that. It's exactly that. But I will tell you, and I'm, I'm going to share a couple of stories about effective communication because that's really the number one thing in my book, Count Honorable that makes the difference for people is when there's effective communication, not only will your business change and people hear each other, but you'll have less disputes with family members like your spouse. Absolutely. And you'll notice when you have triggered somebody and then you'll understand why they waste 30 minutes of your time telling you why they didn't get something done. When all you really want to know is, is it happening? Can I count on you for that? Do I need to get skills to do it? Like, that's all. No charge. Yeah. And I love that question. Can I count on you? Which is obviously, you know, where you got your book, but it's that difference that we were talking about before we even started taping about accountability versus can you count on someone? And I can't wait to hear some of the stories. We're going to take a quick break here from our sponsor. When we come back, we're going to dive right into them. Do you want to be a go-to expert that news reporters, anchors, and media producers turn to? Are you a media professional looking for credible, reliable, and timely guests? If you answered yes to either of those questions, then shock your media potential is for you. This one-of-a-kind platform connects vetted experts with news professionals around the globe. As a part of our launch celebration, you can participate for free in our Shock Your Media Potential virtual conference running March 28th through April 1st. Together with my co-host, Eddie Luisi, known as stage manager to the stars and also stage manager for Good Morning America, we have interviewed 25 media personalities and professionals to ask them the questions you need to know the answers to. Like, how can I make myself more newsworthy? How do I best pitch a story? How do I get invited back again and again? And much more. Some of our guests are household names with exceptional on-camera careers. Others are award-winning directors, producers, camera operators, audio engineers, celebrity hair and makeup professionals, and so much more. To learn more about our platform and our conference today, Go to shockyourmediapotential.com. And we are back with Jeff Cohen. And I, I love this, this, um, 
this concept. So I teach leadership as well. And I, uh, communication is the root of everything that I do. But I love the fact that you break this down even further of, you know, the sense of understanding my, my real concern is, can I count on you? And if I can't count on you in this moment, help me to understand how we can fix it. Because a lot of times as, as leaders, you know, we're trying to move a lot of things very quickly. We're trying to move them to completion. And, and it's not like I want to beat you up if you didn't get something done. I want to understand, uh, is it because it can't be done? Is it because you chose not to do it? Is it because you forgot about it? Because, because depending on the answer to that, and I don't need a long answer, depending on the answer on that, it tells me whether or not we can get it done. We can fix it or we can pull it back on track. And, and it's really important, especially if the answer, the reason behind that is I didn't know how to do it. Then you're like, okay, well, let me help you. But in the future, when you hit a roadblock like that, instead of missing a deadline, let's talk about how you effectively tell us when you're when there's something you don't know how to do, because that's not a problem. The only problem is when you don't talk and communicate back and then we have a roadblock. So I'm interested to hear what kind of stories that uh, what you've seen in this and, and how you can help make a difference with it. Well, first off, I want you to get what I'm going to tell you is a complete shift in your mindset. Mm -hmm. What's intuitive to us as bosses and leaders most leaders are bosses, not necessarily leaders, mm -hmm. is they're not lifting people up into leadership. Mm -hmm. They're holding back by being more important. And when that happens, you'll never have a business that grows with and without you. Mm -hmm. And you'll never be able to sell that business without going along for that ride for five years. Exactly. Right. The other thing that's really key to what you just said is, um, I, when I tell you, I want, I want to know, I can count on you, got to be really careful. You don't use that as a weapon. Mm. My wife said to me, I need you to be count honorable for this, like throwing my book in my face. I'm like, honey, that's, that's accountability. That's not being count honorable. Accountability requires two things. First off, there's someone that's managing the accountability mm -hmm. and there's someone that's doing it or accountable. Mm -hmm. However, if you look back, most people do not manage the accountability. They want to trust their people. They don't do the verified piece right. until four weeks later when it was supposed to be done in four o'clock on Friday afternoon, they realize it, pick up the phone, call you up. You're in the middle of a customer um, visit or call or whatever. Not a good time. But instead, what you get is, where is it? When am I going to get it? Why is it taking so long? And you're on the defensive. Right. Being count honorable only requires one person. Me. Mm -hmm. Here's what it takes to get there. First off, we as employers need to know, and our employees need to be empowered to know what their strengths and weaknesses are, mm -hmm. what they're good at and not good at, what they like doing and what they hate doing. Right. The most important thing in your business you can know is what can I not count on you for? Because when we hire people, we do things like tell them, can you fold the towels <laughs> when we're hiring them? And you're at that last <laughs> I can fold towels. Mm -hmm. It's just not the way you want them folded. 
<laughs> so you set them up to be a disappointment from day one. Yeah. And now you've taken this A player and made them a B player. Yeah. Additionally, when you know what they like, don't like, good, bad at, strengths, weaknesses, right? And then you manage that. And in the book, I have a very, very simple path to follow that helps you get to where you want to be as far as a management, a verified process. Like Reagan said in the 80s, we're going to trust you. And then we're going to send teams of people in to verify that you no longer have those nuclear weapons in place. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. This is not to that degree. It's very simple. It's just, hey, like, you know, with your teammates, with your people that directly report to you, a weekly brief meeting, you go through your priority action list, the PAL, and you look at it and you say, okay, um, where are you in this? Where are you in that? I actually give you the words to say so you don't trigger people. Yeah. Because if you don't trigger people, you save 10, 20 minutes on each task. You don't need the whole story. All you need is, I haven't started it. I realized it's not my thing, whatever that is. But the thing, Michael, is we often tell people things like, you're not good at that. You need to get better at that. Yeah, that doesn't help. <laughs> I have a story about that in my book. And then what happens is they start, they leave the meeting less than whole, right. wondering if they screwed up. Do I need to find another job? And you have turnover. Mm-hmm. When on the other hand, if you just, and we're building this, we're in beta with it right now, have a database that shows how people's mode shifts over time. Because every week, if you're assigning tasks and they're getting done right away right now, but a year from now, these tasks don't get done right away. Mm-hmm. Something about that person may have changed. Right. Like maybe you want to move into another role. Right. And this, way you know like you proactively notice that so you get to keep the asset in the firm because they're a real asset with you for a while instead what happens is we don't notice we get angry we decide i need to replace somebody and all of the cultural and historical data about your company that sits in that person now becomes toxic to them and they go find another job and Mm -hmm. They don't talk about you the way you want them to. Right. Well, and I always tell people that, it, you know, I'm focused on making sure you have the right person in the right position doing the right things. And the first key is the right person, meaning they're a fit there. You, you know, you, you can count on them a sense of trust, but if you have the right person, but you don't have them in the right position or doing the right things, then that's your issue as the leader. That's not their issue. If they're the right person and you don't have them in the right position or right, um, doing the right things, then you it's it falls to you to fix that. Well, 100%. And there are great systems like EOS by Gina Wickman and Scaling Up by Vern Harnish. And they all say exactly what you said. You need the right person in the right job at the right time. Mm-hmm. Here's my question. How do you know you have the right person? How do you know it's the right job? And how do you know it's the right time? And that's why I wrote Count Onable. It's a practical guide to lift, shift, and empower you and your team. And it gives you the roadmap of how you go from point A to point B to point C 
where you bring your people up and they become leaders that start building new leaders because mm-hmm. that's how you get freedom. Yeah. And when you, freedom, you can take a vacation without working two to four hours a day. Mm-hmm. You're no great. longer shackled by your business. And it's the same stuff that you apparently are doing with all of the online environments you have, with all of the speaking that you do, Michael. It's amazing that people get that message and I'm not the only one telling it. Thank you. Well, it's, it's really important. And you know, one of the things um, that I'm trying to work on with my team is this understanding of you know um, why communication is so critical because there's gonna be times when you are doing things uh, that are not comfortable or you're maybe they're a little out of your, um, your wheelhouse or maybe you just don't know how to do it or maybe you really just don't uh, enjoy it, period. And I have a great example is, you know, currently we have um, a couple members of my team doing a daily project and they're sharing time of who's doing it every day. But, and it's not the most engaging job. It really isn't. But I knew that in order to take on this client and manage this project for them, I needed people I trusted. So I went to first person on my team and I said, I need you to do this. Um, I promise it won't be forever but this is why we're doing it. And so she's like, okay, fine. And then I said, I promise you won't have to do it every single day. I will bring somebody on. I brought that another person on and she, that's not really what we wanted her to do long-term too, but I, I needed her during a certain period of time where we had other big projects. And I just said, I promise you this won't last forever. So now um, I told them both that by the beginning of August, we will have somebody replaced that they just need, I need them to just be back up when there's a challenge. And now we're going to move them back into their strengths. But I'm so grateful that they um, were willing to tackle something that wasn't the most enjoyable. It wasn't the most exciting. It wasn't using all their strengths. But they said, we know we need this as a company. We're willing to do it. And yeah. It was so great as a leader just to know that it's being done and that we're serving our customer well. And now it's up to me to make sure I follow up on that promise and get somebody else. And then when I hire them, say, I know this is not the most exciting job. You're probably not going to want to do this forever. (laughs) But for the next six months, I need you to do it. (laughs) But Michael, I really commend you. Like what you just created is exactly what we're talking about, where, listen, people often ask me, well, if people are only doing the jobs that they like doing and are good at and have strengths in, then who do I get to do the other jobs? First off, most companies, when there's a good relationship with the team, will have someone that they know would take things on. And when you know it's not a strength of theirs, clearly saying, look, our intention is try it out, see how it works. And then if it looks like a winner, let's find someone who loves folding the laundry and washing the dishes. You don't have to do Exactly. Counterclockwise. (laughs) I love it. I love it, Jeff. Um, And I think it's really important. It's such a great reminder that, you know, it comes down to our awareness. And I know we were talking about it before we started taping about the difference between a boss and a leader. And I, uh, I just wanted to get your thought on one more thing, because we're almost out of time. But, um, you know, many environments are more matrix today. And I think we see that even more in as we have so many people in hybrid work environments. Um, my team, my entire team is based in Kenya. And so there's me, I have three people that I, about a year ago, I elevated to my executive team. And then I have all these different people and helping them to navigate that sometimes you're going to 
you know, just because you have somebody that you report to doesn't mean that there's not going to be somebody else that asks something of you and how to navigate and find new trust when many people still think about that. I have one boss, I report to that one boss. How do you see things like Count Honorable working in an environment where we must be more flexible, that we do have more matrix kind of leadership reporting structures, but also, you know, how this hybrid world, I think there's, I think there's some challenges to it, but I think there's great opportunities the more we are willing to not think, oh, but this is how we've always run business, and instead say, how do I make the best of how we're running this business? So first off, Michael, what I really hear in your question is there's complexity in matrixed environments, mm-hmm. and how do you manage that in a way that's effective for the company? Yes. Um, I worked... I've worked for several companies where I've had multiple bosses. IBM is a great example. Just there's a huge matrix environment. And um, I, I would say that in those environments, if you're the employee, um, you have three leaders. Like if that's what the company requires, then that's what the company requires. And you're going to have to look at how you operate in that organization. If you've got an organization like that and the leader, the CEO is willing to be vulnerable and say something that's happened in their life that's negative or that they didn't do well and make it okay for people to actually be able to say, look, I didn't do this well. I don't think it's for me, right? Mm -hmm. When you can get that kind of honesty from the top, it only you'll never get it from the bottom if it doesn't happen at the top. Absolutely. You will never be safe. Um, and it's part of the trust alignment framework that's in the book. So you can actually see what are all the components that I need to cover and is there a path I can take to get there? And the answer is yes, there is a path. Mm. And you know, I, I yesterday I was on a live event with um with someone because of the book launch that we're doing, and he said. You know, he owns eight companies and he said to me, you know, Jeff, one of my CEOs came to me um, and he said just yesterday, he said, hey, have you seen this book? <laughs> it was this book. <laughs> yeah, I just interviewed that guy on my podcast. Um, he goes, well, I just bought it for all 12 of our senior executives. Like we're looking seriously because accountability doesn't work. It's a restrictive environment where people feel forced and they feel diminished. And until you actually, like I say on the cover, lift, shift, and empower you Mm. and your team, what you're going to have are people that are always looking over their shoulder, wondering whether you're being honest with them or not, always looking for the chink in the armor to be able to say, see, I knew I couldn't trust them. Yeah. And it's up to you as the leader and your leadership team to be able to say, no, I'm I'm willing to take a chance on being open and vulnerable and seeing what that means. Mm. And like I told you, Michael, like anyone can reach out to me and ask any question. I will not hesitate to answer how I messed up, why I messed up, what I did as the next step. What was the impact of that? Oh, my God. Yes, no kidding. Yeah, especially when you can see it from a distance. Oh, 
I love so, it. It's fantastic. I got to tell you, Jeff, I have a dream of getting on an airplane and having the person sitting next to me be reading one of my books. <laughs> so I think it's wonderful that you just had that experience. That's really awesome. <laughs> it's amazing that actually says to you, hey, no, no, you're new, but you're already like, like people are latching on. They get countable is not accountable. Right. I love it. Excellent. Well, I know we're going to have all of your contact information in our show notes, including including a link to your brand new book. But just in case somebody's like, I don't have enough time to look up the show notes. I want to find him. What's the best way for them to reach you? So a couple of ways. Go to countonable.com and it's just C-O-U-N-T-O-N-A-B-L-E.com. There's links to everything there. And I'm very active on social media. You can find me on LinkedIn along with the other 2 million Jeff Cohen's. So you probably will count Honorable on there. Uh, I promise I'll be the only Jeff Cohen that is count Honorable on LinkedIn or Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, you know, just whatever the channel is. And, um, you know, I, I just want to thank you so much, Michael. You're such a gracious host. And I really enjoyed this conversation with you. Um, I'd like to leave you and everybody with just one thought. Okay. I'm ready. I was going to ask for your last words of wisdom or pearls of advice. So we're ready. You're ready. Okay. So first off, I just want everyone to know really easy read. Every chapter is three or four pages long. There's a story in every single chapter and a moral in every single chapter. And so you can pick it up today for five minutes, get something and then use it for something else. Mm-hmm. So I really invite you just check it out, have some fun, come to the website. We've got some cool freebies, all of the charts and graphs and process and path procedures are on the website. Like you can implement this yourself. And if you want help, my team is here. And, you know, as a final thought, I just want people to get being accountable really sucks. (laughs) Stop being just accountable. Be count honorable. I love it. I love it. It's great. And you're so right. And I love the way you put it because it reminds us to also have some humor, especially as leaders, to know that it's okay to make some mistakes. It's okay to change the way you are. And the more that you're willing to do that, the more that you can have results that are going to be phenomenal for you and your team. I love it. Jeff, thank you so much for being with us today. You've been a great guest. And I think people are really going to benefit from your book. I'm so glad we had you on today. It was so awesome to be here. And it's such a great pleasure to meet you and and speak with like-minded individuals. I love it. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees and sales mixology. Why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.